You are now listening to What's the Charlie? What's the Charlie? Broadcasting worldwide from Memphis, Tennessee with your favorite host, Charlie Sweet. Did you know that October 1st through October 7th is Mental Illness Awareness Week? Neither did I. Well, I decided to partner up with NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illnesses, to do this podcast for us. And I'm going to read a statement that's on their website at www.nami.org, which is www.nami.org. All right, so their statement on Mental Illness Awareness Week is, Each year, millions of Americans face the reality of living with a mental health condition. However, mental illnesses affect everyone directly or indirectly through family, friends, or coworkers. Despite mental illnesses, reach and prevalence, stigma and misunderstanding are also unfortunately widespread. Each year, millions of Americans face the reality of living with a mental health condition. However, mental illness affects everyone directly or indirectly through family, friends, or coworkers. Despite mental illnesses reach and prevalence, stigma and misunderstanding are also unfortunately widespread. That is why each year during the first week of October, NAMI and participants across the world raise awareness of mental illness. Each year, we educate the public, fight stigma, and provide support. And each year, our movement grows stronger. We believe that mental health conditions are important to discuss year-round, but highlighting them during Mental Illness Awareness Week provides a dedicated time for mental health advocates across the country to come together as one unified voice. Since 1990, when Congress officially established the first full week of October as Mental Illness Awareness Week, known as MIAW, advocates have worked together to sponsor activities, large or small, to educate the public about mental illness. This year, NAMI has decided to focus our attention on five mental health conditions in need of better public understanding and stigma busting. To learn more about these conditions, we're highlighting by clicking them below. And you can do that on their website at www.nami.org. And those five mental health conditions are obsessive compulsive disorder, borderline personality disorder, dual diagnosis, depression, schizophrenia, and psychosis. Now, the one of the five that we're really going to get into in this episode is depression. Depression is a depressive disorder frequently referred to simply as depression is more than just feeling sad or going through a rough patch. It is a serious mental health condition that requires understanding and medical care. Left untreated, depression can be devastating for those who have it and their families. Fortunately, with early detection, diagnosis, and treatment plans consisting of medication, psychotherapy, and a healthy lifestyle choice, many people can and do get better. Some will only experience one depressive episode in a lifetime, but for most, depressive disorder reoccurs. Without treatment, episodes may last to a few months to several years. 
an estimated 16 million American adults, almost 7% of the population, had at least one major depressive episode in this past year. People of all ages and all races, ethnic backgrounds, experience depression, but it does affect some groups more than others. These are the symptoms of depression. Depression can present different symptoms depending on the person, but for most people, depressive disorder changes how they function day to day, and typically for more than two weeks. The common symptoms include changes in sleep, changes in appetite, lack of concentration, loss of energy, lack of interest in activities, hopelessness or guilty thoughts, changes in movement, which is less activity or agitation, physical aches and pains, and the most common thing is suicidal thoughts. What causes depression? Depression does not have a single cause. It can be triggered by life crisis, physical illness, or something else, but it can also occur spontaneously. Scientists believe several factors can contribute to depressions. Scientists believe that there are several factors that can contribute to depression. We have trauma. We have genetics. We have life circumstances. We have brain changes. We have other medical conditions. And we have drug and alcohol abuse. All six of these things affect depression. How do you diagnose depression? To be diagnosed with depressive disorder, a person must have experienced a depressive episode lasting longer than two weeks. The symptoms of a depressive episode include loss of interest or loss of pleasure in all activities, change in appetite or weight, sleep disturbances, feeling agitated or feeling slowed down, fatigue, feelings of low self-worth, guilt or shortcomings, difficulty concentrating or making decisions, and suicidal thoughts or intentions. Now, there are several ways to get treatments for those who suffer with depression. There is psychotherapy. There is medications, including antidepressants and mood stabilizers. There is exercise. There's brain stimulation therapies. There's light therapy. And there's alternative approaches for those who do not want to take medication for it. The reason why I chose depression out of the other four was because that I personally suffer with depression myself. I've suffered with depression since middle school, but I was not officially diagnosed with depression until this past year. I can remember the first time that I felt depressed, and it lasted for nearly a year. This was when I was transitioning from being in public school for my entire life and going into homeschool by my by choice. I remember my first experience with depression when I was 14, 15. I was in the middle of transferring from public school to be homeschooled because of severe bullying at school. You know, I would go to school every day hating myself. I would come home hating myself. I would feel like I'm not worthy enough, not good enough, not smart enough, not attractive enough. I would feel all these emotions of self-loathing, 
I would just feel all these emotions that were destructive to my self-esteem. And it was because of all the bullying that I have encountered while I was in school. And it wasn't just for like one year or two years. It was it was a good part of my entire public school life. So I was bullied from fifth grade to my first semester of my sophomore year. And even after I left public school, I was still being bullied online, um, which entered a new generation of cyberbullying. So back to my first experience with depression. It was not fun. I did not enjoy it at all. I didn't know what it was because I wasn't I wasn't aware of what it was. I wasn't aware of my own feelings, my own interactions. I just thought it was I just thought it was normal that hating yourself was normal. <laughs> so I can remember my first experience with depression and it was not pretty. It lasted almost about a year. Um, So it started when I was in middle school. So fifth grade to my first semester in my sophomore year. Um, I was bullied as a kid growing up in in those grades. So I was always bullied from fifth grade to my sophomore year uh, about being the weird kid or the one who's always into the arts and um, for basically being gay. And I wasn't, at that time, I didn't know what my identity was because I was trying to figure things out. And at that time, it as most people, as most homosexuals, they feel trapped and feel like being a homosexual or a gay guy um, is so taboo. So basically, I was tormented of being a gay child. Um, and being gay, especially where I live, um, is not acceptable and was not acceptable at that time. It was, you wouldn't talk of such things like that. So, um, gr- growing up and going through public school, being this way, I knew I wasn't the only one there, but I was, it, I felt secluded and I felt alone. And I'm pretty sure the others that were there with me felt the same way. So I was bullied um, for five, six years when I was in public school for being gay, um, for just being weird and being myself, for loving the arts and wanting to be an actor and model and seeing and all this other stuff in the entertainment industry. So it came to the point where I basically was hating myself every single day. I didn't want to go to school. I hated school. I didn't want to even be there. When I was there, I mentally was not there. I was off in my own world, just trying to escape the hell that I was constantly going through. Um, I would come home hating myself because I wasn't getting a good representation of what life is and how life sh- how life will be. So growing up was very hard for me. I didn't have many friends. I couldn't hang out with anyone. Um, outside of school, even when I was at school, I only hung out with maybe one or two people at the most. Uh, I was very, I basically kept my circle very, very tight because I didn't know who I could trust. And I felt like I wasn't worthy enough of anyone's friendship. So I stayed to myself and kind of played it smart 
I guess. And coming to think of it, that's probably why when people meet me to this very day, um, when they first meet me, that they realize that I'm very quiet and reserved and content within myself and I don't speak much. I'm always the person who's observing my surroundings and observing um, the people around me constantly. And that all leads back to my childhood and my teenage years back of being in public school uh, and being bullied. So, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I constantly have to tell people it's nothing against them. I'm just very cautious of who and what I allow in my life. So yeah, um, my first depression episode was not pretty. It was extremely hard <laughs> for me. It was extremely hard for my family. We didn't know what was going on. I was constantly in these moods, like angry and not violent, but in a way I was violent with words and throwing things and just wanting to be left alone. Like I couldn't ever find time to be left alone and deal with everything that was going on in my head which was an insane amount of things for at this time a 13 14 15 year old to be dealing with on their own so depression and I have a lot of history I guess you can say that he is my long-term relationship (laughs) the only one that's lasted for a decade or so. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I'm just now realizing this. Yeah, my first episode with depression was it was very it was very long. It was very intense. It was <laughs> really nasty, and basically it came down to having a fight with me, my mom, and getting my doctor at that time involved with everything and then I had to get the school board involved with everything and it was it was like I said it was pretty nasty and we end up resolving everything finally after months of debating and talking and negotiating and this and that um, to finally just withdraw me from being in this horrible horrible place uh, and be homeschooled which was the safest and the best decision that has ever been made in my life. Um, and I'm very, very happy that that, that that was the outcome of everything. So when I realized I was leaving public school to be homeschooled, I had an enormous amount of weight just fall off me. And to put it in a term of analogy, I'm going to <laughs> kind of make up something here so hopefully it makes sense. Just imagine your body is covered with thick, gross, disgusting mud, head to toe. You want to take a bath and you can't take a bath because there's no water. And you're suffocating in this for months to almost a year. And it gets, it dries and then you get another layer added on and another layer and another layer and another layer. And it looks like you're just this dirt pile, basically. That can move. So, <laughs> I told you it's going to be really horrible to, to talk about that. Um, so, imagine finally getting a shed of light casted on that. Or, in this case, a cloud of rain dropping down on that that dirt pile uh, of a mess that you are. 
and washing away all that dirt that's on your body and all that mud. And that's what it felt like. So, <laughs> and in other words, if you wanted, wanted to say if you're dirty and you feel disgusting and your 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 body's all sweaty and everything, and, and I'm the type of person I like to be clean, so I always take a shower because I don't I don't like feeling dirty uh, or nasty in any way. So, um, <laughs> shout out to the random raw moment that we just had there. So that's what it was like for me when I realized that I was going to be homeschooled. I was so relieved. I had never really asked for anything ever in my life other than <laughs> some materialistic stuff. But this was like the biggest thing that I really had asked for and wanted and had actually succeeded in getting. And I was so thrilled. Um, I can remember my last day, which was December 17th, 2004, in public school. I just didn't give a shit. Like that last week. Sorry. I really just did not care. <laughs> so I was excited to turn my books in at the office at the end of the day, turn my locker key in, turn everything that belonged to that school in and peace out. Like I had final exams that day. I didn't even take them because it didn't matter because I knew I wasn't coming back. My teachers were mad because I didn't participate in certain things. And I was like, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to be here. Your grade that you're going to give me for this semester will not count to what I have going forward. So I don't know why (laughs) everybody's making a big deal out of this. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, it was not my problem because I wasn't going to waste my time being there, even though I had to go for the last day. But anyway, long story short, um, that was my first depressive episode. It was pretty nasty, and then it got better immediately after that was cut out of my life. So if you're going through anything that was similar to what I had went through with my first episode of depression. So my advice on how to deal with depression is to basically figure out what the negativity is in your life that's causing you to be down, that's causing you to feel worthless, or all these emotions and these maybe suicidal thoughts, etc. Try to figure out what it is and where it's coming from and then start eliminating those things from your life i know it's much easier said than done but i promise you once you focus on these things and allow yourself to get rid of them your life will start feeling a lot better um a lot of people with depression go through anxiety i have anxiety myself (laughs) i'm probably having part of an anxiety attack right now. Um, so if you hear me breathing a little crazy, that's that's probably why. Um, <laughs> so a lot of people have anxiety with depression or if they're taking medication, um, they get anxiety from the medication because it's making them, because it's, it's the depression, the, the antidepressants is altering their uh their mood stabil uh, stabilizers uh their chemicals in their brain another thing to help fight depression is to get physical get active and and try to stay active with either exercise um yoga um any kind of physical activity basically getting out and trying to be social with friends i know it's hard sometimes when you're in your, your depressive episode 
I get it. I've been there. Like, for real, I've been there. More days than I have wanted to be, but I still made the effort to get out and talk. And sometimes that's what helps me to get out of my depression or my depressive episodes is having someone there that will listen, who is calm, and will talk with you about things. And I think that's what a a lot of things are leading to all these high numbers of depression. Um, Nearly 16 million people suffer from depression, and that's that's a huge amount of numbers. Um, I sound like Trump saying that now. (laughs) So 16 million people suffer from depression every year, and that's a huge number of people. So you're not alone. And I think the most common thing with why that number is so large is because a lot of us don't have that one-on-one connection with someone or we don't have someone we can go and talk to for free, you know? And a lot of people nowadays, they don't really want to listen to what your problems are because they have their own problems, which I get. (laughs) I really do get. I was... I was one of those people myself, but I ended up having to stop because I was realizing I'm no important than anyone else. So if someone else needs my attention for however long to cope with something or get something off their chest or help them get through something, I'm going to be there. I'm going to stop what I'm doing and be there to listen, if anything. And then if I have some advice to give, I'll give some advice. Um, If I don't, I would just just thank them for sharing what they had to share and apologize that I don't have nothing to say about their situation. And just because I don't know something that they're going through or anything that they're going through, I try to make an effort to find out how I could help them in, in a way. I mean, first I would apologize that I don't know anything about the situation or, um, the current topics or anything like that. And then I would do a little research with them right then and there to find out how they can get through this or how they can make that change in effort. And usually it it comes right back to finding that negative source, cutting it out of your life, getting active and being physical with everything. You know, if you have aggression that you want to take out, (laughs) take up a fighting class, a kickboxing class, um, a self-defense class. Do something that's going to channel those negativity things out of your body and out of your mind. And I promise those things will get better. And it also comes back around to the company you keep. You want to surround yourself with people who are going to be positive and upbringing in your life, not someone who's going to constantly cut you down, toss you around, who is abusive, who is physical, who is emotionally damaging to you in all sorts of ways you don't need that in your life you (laughs) the world is so messed up as it is that you're better off being alone basically and to be honest if it comes down to you being alone there's nothing wrong with that I had to be alone for a period of time in my life because I couldn't be around anyone because I honestly couldn't stand anybody so I cut all ties and connections with everyone except for like my immediate family I would have to call them and talk to them let them know I'm alive and everything so what I had to do was just basically be on my own and figure things out and sometimes that's just what it takes and then other times it's not so simple so 
it all depends on the situation and how deep your depressive episode goes to, uh, how deep that connection is. So another option to deal with depression is something I've mentioned earlier in the podcast is that there is medication available for people like us who suffer with depression or mood swings or things like that. And I know a lot of people are against medicating with an antidepressant. I was one of those people for a very long time, and I finally came down to saying, hey, I'm sick and tired of having these episodes. I'm sick and tired of feeling this way every time during this time of year or when something happens that reminds me of something or whatever the case may be. I finally just said, I've had enough. I'm not going to let this thing constantly keep ruling my life. Not ruining it, but ruling it. So I decided to take action and talk to my doctor about it and let him know at the time we were both new to each other. So um, I kind of filled him in with certain things. And, you know, we started a low dose of an antidepressant along with an anti-anxiety pill. We began that and I went with it for three to six months. And then I ended up requesting for a higher dose because I felt like I was still um, a little depressed here and there. And ever since I did that, constantly monitored it, it's been under control. I mean, yeah, I get a little anxiety here and there, but that's that's normal with the antidepressant. Nothing that the pill can't stop. So, I mean, still, I'm not all about having to take a pill every single day just to suppress my moods and be happy. That's not a fun way to live. For me, it, it makes me feel crazy, but I rather feel crazy by the image of it of taking these pills other than everything that I have to deal with inside my head during these depressive phases like I I rather (laughs) rather take a pill once a day than suffer another minute with depression so there is you can take medication for it I would suggest doing your research on it the most common antidepressant pill is Celexa um, and no they're not paying for advertisement so I'm not advertising them but that's what I take and I take an anti or anti-anxiety pill along with it just to balance things out because sometimes you get a little crazy but the biggest thing is you've got to learn how to help yourself because no one else can help you if you're not willing to help yourself and that's true for a lot of things in life if you're not about helping yourself no one else is going to help you so what's the point like nobody no one wants to waste their time not even yourself there are also other alternative treatments that can help depression as well and you can find those treatments on www.nami.org so depression is a serious issue and anyone that you come in contact with who might be suffering it suffering with depression or yourself even you need to take it a little serious but don't take it too serious where you're going to freak them out. Um, just be calm with everything. Be relative if you can. Just the best thing that you can do is listen and be calming. And be kind. That's the best thing that you could do for anyone who is going through a depressive disorder uh, episode. That would lead into the next thing where I'm about to talk about, which is suicide prevention. Um, A lot of people with depression, including myself at one point, have thought about suicide or 
and it, it's sometimes it's not planned like you see in the movies or shows or like real life things. Um, sometimes it's like a spur of the moment thing. Like, oh my god, I'm so sad. You, you get hit with a depressive episode, and you don't want to deal with it, so you find a way to get out of it. And that's that's kind of how someone who's suffering with depression. That's kind of how their mind thinks, and that's how they're how they're wired for that minute to get out of it. It's all about relief, to be honest. Suicide is never the option. It, it never is. For some people, they they feel like it is, but it really isn't. <sighs> I don't know, talking about suicide is very hard because there's friends of mine who have committed suicide, and there's friends of yours that you may be listening um, who may have committed suicide or someone you may know um, has committed suicide and you missed the signs. So when a person decides to commit suicide and they really commit to it, there's no way of talking them out of it. In some cases there are, but in most cases there's they're not. So when a person really commits to carrying out this act, they're going to change their mood. They're going to all of a sudden start feeling or acting, putting on a show uh, that they're doing better or, you know, <laughs> just carrying on like a normal lot, like a normal day would be in their shoes if they weren't suffering with depression or uh, other things that they're dealing with. So they're going to act like everything's fine and normal. Um, it could be for the day. It could be for a week. It could be for however long until they decide to do it. And you're never going to know when that's actually going to happen. So you need to learn the symptoms. If they're depressed and they're showing all these moody behaviors, they're talking about you know, wanting to die, they're talking about wanting to kill themselves, that's when you need to step in and get involved. Don't blow it off. Don't laugh at them. Don't be like, oh, yeah, me too. You know, life is hard. That's when you need to, like, stop what you're doing. Listen to what they're saying calmly. Don't overreact. Calmly talk to them and figure out what's going on. Maybe you know what's going on. And maybe you just don't know how to talk about it. The best thing to do is just to listen and be there for that person. Because there's there's no life that's worth ending because of other people hurting other people it's just not worth it so in light with talking about depression and suicide i'm going to give out the national suicide prevention lifeline which is 1-800-273-8255 again that's 1-800-273-8255 and they're available 24 hours a day every single day of the year and it's a free service if you or a friend or some stranger that you just met needs someone to talk to or you think they're going to do something that they can't do or shouldn't be doing as in taking their own life then i suggest giving this this prevention lifeline a call because like i said no life is worth ending over someone else's opinions or over life in general. So the best thing for someone who has depression and who might be suicidal is to be there, to let them know that they're not alone, to let them 
know that you're not going to go anywhere, that they have someone to talk to, regardless if you know anything about what's going on, you should make the effort to find out what's going on or help come up with a solution with them that will work for them. Don't be judgmental. Don't judge them. Don't rush into reactions for anything. Don't overreact to what they're saying. So sometimes people who go through depression or who are thinking about suicide, it all depends on their personality and their tone. You really have to focus on their tone of things. If they're talking about harming themselves in any way, you really need to pay attention to the tone that they're saying. Because a lot of the time, you can tell what's going on from that. And that's when you should get involved. So in closing, um, I want to thank you for allowing me to share a part of my story of depression, um, allowing me to speak about such a touchy topic uh, in our society today, especially with everything that's been going on recently in our world. Also, I want to thank NAMI for having uh, such resources available and partnering up with me on this, as well as uh, everyone who takes part of Mental Health Awareness Week, as well as everybody that takes a part to be a part of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's a very powerful tool. It's free. It's 24-7 every single day. If you need someone to talk to, or if you want to get involved some way, I suggest giving them a call. And you can find out all this information and all the links if you missed it in the description box below. So that does it for our podcast today. Um, I want to thank everyone who is listening for allowing me to share a part of my story with depression. Um, I know it's not easy to listen to, and I know it's it's not easy to even talk about um, because it feels so taboo in a lot of a lot of places with a lot of people. But I wanted I wanted to share my story because I want people to understand that. It's something that needs to be talked about. It's a huge issue. 16 million people suffer from depression every year, and it's growing every year. That's a large statement. It could be the person sitting next to you at work while you're listening. It could be your mother. It could be your father. It could be your sister, your brother. It could be your your own child that is suffering with depression, and you don't know it until you research it and figure out the symptoms and signs. Um, I have plenty of stories to go into around mental illness uh, awareness, so we'll we'll get into that as well later on in the future. I also want to thank everyone at the National Alliance on Mental Illness uh, organization for doing everything that they do to bring awareness and education to the public and how to get people involved. You can check them out at www.nami.org. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Charlie Thwee. It's the same spelling as you see on the screen. And I look forward to hearing your stories and your feedback from this episode, as I always do. All right, so I hope you guys have a fun weekend. I hope you stay safe. I hope you're you're going to have something great going on. I know you will, because you always do. <laughs> Until next time, this has been fun. 